Good morning. Oh, it's good to be in the Lord's house today. It's again wonderful to be able to start our worship time with, with baptism. For those of you who don't really understand this very special rite within our church family, uh, baptism is a picture, a powerful, powerful symbol of what Christ has done in our lives. We're taught in Romans that we're buried with him in baptism unto death, and then we're raised to walk in newness of life. And baptism is a picture of that. When a candidate is laid back in these baptismal waters, it's their way of sharing testimony that I've given my life to Christ and the old person is dead with him. And when they're raised from the water, it's testimony that I'm risen with Christ and walk in that very newness. So I would share with you this morning, as you see baptisms happen, if you've not followed the Lord in this way in obedience, please, let's talk about that. You will find that it's a tremendous boost to your spiritual life. And uh, we'd just love to talk with you about that. This morning, Nick Wallace comes. Nick, if you'll join me, please. It's been our joy to have several long conversations together about the Lord and such as that. And then just a couple of Sundays ago, it just all clicked in your mind, didn't it? It did. Just suddenly, you, this is it. This is truth. This is right. It and did. you received Christ into your life. I'm so proud of you, my friend. And now that you've made your public profession of faith in Christ, I baptize you as my brother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There's a Hebrew word for that. Woo! All right.
This next song is new to many of you. Uh, you heard it last week when the choir sang it, and then I invited you to, to sing it along with us. Uh, but it's entitled, Build My Life, and it's a wonderful prayer to God, but it also, I think, causes us to contemplate our own uh, our lives. Or, you know, what are we building our lives upon? There are so many things that are offered to us that we can build our lives upon, but I think we can all say that they just don't last. Uh, we all sing that wonderful hymn with the phrase, all other ground is sinking sand. And I believe that to be true. I think you do too. Uh, you know, the, green, the ground of, you know, everybody else is doing it. That is sinking sand. You know, the ground of doing everything you can to try to please everybody. That is sinking sand. Uh, the ground of trusting in the riches that this world has to offer is sinking sand. Uh, the ground of enjoying the own sin that you are involved in, it is sinking sand. So let us build our lives on the name that is above all other names, not only in this age, but the age of come, age to come. Would you stand as we sing together? Sing as you feel comfortable. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you.
Let us pray. Father, how thankful we are for this day, Lord, in this much-needed rain that we have received. But Father, most of all, we have the opportunity to gather in your house. And Lord, this beautiful song that Ed just led us in, let this song be the story of our lives, that we turn over our life to you, a life of service, and that we never be ashamed of that. And Lord, that you would give us the burden to tell your story to the lost and dying world. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through us this morning through your Holy Spirit, and that your Spirit would also direct Brother Fred and Eric, Derek, in, in what they share with us. Lord, we come to this part of the service. We are also grateful that we have the opportunity to give back to you what you have so richly blessed us with. Lord, we pray that these tithes and offerings be used to the furtherance of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, we love you. We thank you again for everything that you have done for us, everything that you will do for us. These things we ask in our Savior's name. Amen.
Beautiful. Take your Bible this morning, if you will, please, and uh, like for you to turn to Acts chapter 8. We'll be there in just a, a few moments. I'd like to share with you a little bit this morning about being ready, about readiness. Uh, readiness has been a part of our American history from the very beginning. You remember the Minutemen. Uh, they had their, their rifles and balls and powder and everything ready standing at the door that in a minute's notice they could be prepared to go out and to defend our new country. Readiness is a, is a hallmark of our emergency response system all over the world. I was a paramedic for years and stationed out of a fire department. So whether we were uh, cleaning or repairing or in training or whatever it was, we were always ready. Our gear was set. We could jump in the boots, pull up the trousers, have the med kit, and off we would be going instantaneously. Readiness. Readiness. Our Coast Guard, you know their motto? Semper paratus. What does that mean? Always ready. Always ready. Readiness is important. It's readiness is imperative in our Christian life as well. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. We need to be ready and prepared at all times to share the gospel with those around us. One of the greatest stories about evangelism and about readiness is found in this 8th chapter of the book of Acts. I want us to look at how a deacon named Philip met up with an Ethiopian eunuch that we do not by, know by name. Tradition gives us a name, but we don't know for sure. And how God did something so incredible, supernatural in the process of that. Did you know that you and I, right here on planet Earth, have a joy that even the angels do not share? You and I have the joy and the privilege of leading people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. The angels don't have that. They don't have that opportunity. And this is a joy that you and I can only have here on earth. We can't have it when we get to heaven. Now is the time for us to be aware of the incredible opportunity that we have to be talking and sharing with people and encouraging them to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When God gets ready to save somebody, listen very carefully, when God gets ready to move in somebody's life and bring them to faith in Himself, he never does that apart from human instrumentality. He always uses some human being somewhere in the process. Well, we, we love and support our Gideons and they place Bibles and God does tremendous things. But it is the human instrument of placing that Bible there and many times sharing the Gospel at the same time that causes the wonderful transformation to happen. God never moves outside of using human instrumentality. Now, He's totally, He doesn't have to have us. But He chooses to use us in the process of the sharing of the Gospel. When God wanted to win this Ethiopian eunuch to Himself, He turned to a man named Philip. Now Philip was a deacon, and he was leading a great revival in the area of Samaria. I mean, wonderful things were happening. People were coming to faith in Christ. Crowds were coming. They were pouring in to listen. And in the midst of that, God came to Philip and said, I need you to relocate. And he said, I'm ready. You see, the greatest ability that Philip had was not his preaching ability or his witnessing ability, but his availability. He would be available to God and however God wanted to use him. And that availability is paramount. He was ready. So let's read about this. Acts chapter 8. If you will, uh, join me here in this wonderful, wonderful uh, text that tells us about this tremendous thing that happens Acts 8, verse 26. 
Acts 8.26. Follow along, it'll be on the overhead as well. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, and was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless somebody guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shearer was silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Let's pray over the Word of God. Holy Spirit, we come to you because you're the one that guided in the writing of these words. And you had them sacred in the vocabulary of, of, of Dr. Luke when he penned them. And you chose those words and you chose those experiences that you needed to make clear your will and your way to us. So Father, after you've done all that, and Holy Spirit, after you have, have watched over these Scriptures for so many years, now we dare to believe that you can bring them to our heart, even today, and share with us the Word you want us to know today. So with that absolute assurance, we open our heart to yours, and ask you to open yours to us, as we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now again, Philip was a deacon, and he was a deacon whose spiritual gift was with evangelism. He enjoyed talking to people about Jesus. This was not the Apostle Philip. This was the deacon who was mightily used of God. But I want you to notice something, how Philip and Holy Spirit cooperated together. It's their cooperation that led <clears throat> to the salvation of this wonderful man. Now, we don't know the name of this man. Tradition gives us a, man, a name, but we're not sure. But let me tell you what we do know. North Africa had been open to God a little bit already because the Queen of Sheba had visited Solomon years and years earlier and had gone back with many tales not only about his wisdom but about the Most High God. But things have been silent there ever since until along comes this eunuch. He comes back from having gone up to Jerusalem to worship. 
He didn't understand all that was going on. He came back still confused. But when he walked back into Ethiopia saved, he started a church that is still alive and powerful there today. He influenced all of North Africa. Okay? So it started with one individual man seeking after God and one man who was serving God and God put these two together impacted the whole northern part of Africa. This is a powerful moment. This is a historical moment. But here's Philip. He's in Samaria. And he's preaching a revival. And things are going well. People are responding. The crowds are getting larger and larger. And Holy Spirit then speaks to him and speaks to him. I need you someplace else. I need you to be someplace else. Now I'm sure if he was a good Baptist, he would have started arguing right away. But look at all the success that we're having right here. He had no idea what God had in mind though. But here's the wonderful and amazing thing. He went when he was asked to go. It was God's ability and His availability that came together. His power and your personality. His work but our witness. This is what brings people to faith in Jesus Christ. What would it be like if all of the members of our church were spirit-filled, ready witnesses to share the gospel this next week? What would it be like if the churches of Union County were spirit-filled and eagerly ready to share the gospel this next week? What kind of impact would we have if we found this readiness true in our own lives? I want to take you to take a little experiment with me this week. I'm going to challenge you with three things. I'm going, to, I'm going to take time to do this, but I'm going to challenge you with these three things. And I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to do these three things for this week. And see how God impacts your lives in the process. In a little experiment, I want you to do these three things. And next week, I'd like for you to tell me. Catch me wherever I am, walking around here. Tell me how God worked in your life because you were faithful to do these three things. They're there in your notes. Let me start with number one. Number one is this. Be sensitive to the call of Holy Spirit. That's there in your notes. You can write that down. Be sensitive to the call of Holy Spirit. I want you for this week to say, I, Holy Spirit, if you speak, my answer is yes. Whatever it is you're leading me to do, I am predisposed. My answer is yes. Look here at, at, at verse 26. Now the angel spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go towards the south to the road that goes down to, from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then notice in 29, then the Philip said to, uh, to, Spirit said to Philip, go near and join yourself to the chariot. Both of these verses tell me something about Philip. He had ears to hear. He was sensitive to listen to what Holy Spirit was speaking into his life. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Have you heard the voice of the Lord speak to you? This voice was not unknown to Philip. And so when Holy Spirit would whisper in his ear, I need you down here, he heard that. He was sensitive to the hearing of that. He was sensitive to the leadership of Holy Spirit. Are we sensitive to what Holy Spirit is leading us to do? It has to start here. If we have him sealed off, if we have no interest in what Holy Spirit is leading us to do, then he has very little that he will give into our lives, very little that he can pour into our lives to do. But Philip had ears to hear. Now, he was the Billy Graham in this revival. Things were going great. And the Spirit said, I need you to leave from here and go into one of the more desolate places. Okay? 
the Via Maris is, is the, the path along the Mediterranean Sea that, that really links Egypt with all other sources. It was a heavily traveled highway. And you go from Jerusalem, not very far to you, down towards Gaza, and you, you meet up with this ancient, ancient highway. Caravans would go across it all the time. But this particular area has always been very, very arid, dry desert. So here he is in a plush part of Samaria. Things are going great. He's asked to go into 115 degree weather uh, down in Gaza to attach himself to somebody whose name he didn't even know. Let me tell you the greatest wonder of this scripture. The greatest wonder of the scripture is this. He didn't say, why? That's a Holy Baptist word. You know that, don't you? It must be the way we use it so much, right? Okay, God, give me a clear understanding as to why this is so important, and then I'll consider it and maybe agree. No, that's, that's, that's not what Philip said at all. He didn't ask why. Look, let me tell you why you have to be sensitive to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Three things real quickly. First of all, you under, need to understand that opportunities of the Spirit are often unknown. Unknown, that's in your blank there, fill it in, unknown. You see, God had this great plan. God knew that this Ethiopian was seeking truth. He knew that he'd come to Jerusalem, and he'd come there and worship, but religion is, is just an empty well, and it gave him nothing to really satisfy him. But out of his great wealth, he had somehow purchased a copy of the Isaiah scroll. You have any idea how expensive that would be. But he copied, he had a copy of the Isaiah scroll. And he was pouring over it as his driver was driving him in his gold Cadillac chariot. He, he was heading down back home. But I want you to know, God knew exactly where he was. God knew where he was spiritually. God knew that he was looking, he was seeking. Did you know that God knows people all around you when you go back to work tomorrow, when you're out shopping, when you go to school? God knows the people around you that are searching and seeking. Maybe they've even been to church this weekend, but only came away with religion and dry dust. You have something of abundant joy to give to them. But you've got to be listening, because it'll be unexpected. Philip was not expecting to be called away from that revival meeting. And yet he was. But the call of God is often unknown to us. Secondly, it is often unexplained. God didn't tell Philip why he was calling them away. And Philip, we give him vague credit for this, he didn't say, why, Lord? He didn't say, if you'll explain it to me in a way that I can understand, and I will agree to, then I'll be glad to go and obey. He didn't do that. He heard the voice of the Lord, and he said, yes. He was like Father Abraham so many years ago, who the Scripture tells us that he went out not knowing where he was going. He was traveling under sealed orders, and many times, that's the way Holy Spirit is. It, the things He calls us to do are unexplained. And third, sometimes the, the callings of Holy Spirit, they're not only unknown and they're not only unexplained, they're sometimes unusual. They're unusual. It makes no sense to me in my limited ability why God would call this dynamic man away from a revival where people are getting saved and lives are being transformed and people are getting right with one another and send him you know, out to you know, God knows where. But God did. 
He totally understood. He totally knew that he was in the process of impacting a continent. And he needed somebody he could touch. And say, I cannot depend on you. Will you go and do this for me? Unexplained, unusual, but it was there. I'm asking this, would you make up your mind today and covenant with God to be sensitive to His voice? Even if it doesn't totally make sense, even if the outcome may be unknown, even if it's unexpected and unusual, will you make as your first covenant with God, God, this week, I covenant with you for these next seven days, I am going to be sensitive to the voice of Holy Spirit. And that implies even now my yes. I don't have to have it explained to me. You just give me my marching orders. That's all that I'm asking for. Will you do that this week? Second, would you be persistent in the cause of the Spirit? Not only sensitive to His call, but persistent to His cause. In verse 35, Philip opened his mouth and began with that same Scripture, and he started preaching to him Jesus. Now why didn't he start explaining to him who Isaiah was? And all, all about the king that had died and Hezekiah's vision and all of this. I tell you what, Isaiah wasn't sent to save the world, that's why. Only Jesus was sent to save the world. And Isaiah foretold his coming. And so starting with this very passage that looked years into the future about the Lord Jesus, Philip could start right there and begin to preach Christ. Listen, I want you to understand this. There is no place in your Old Testament that is not, not foundational to the coming of Christ. Okay? This newfangled thinking in the world today that, that even in Christian circles that you can dismiss the Old Testament. It's old. It's full of, of, of rules and regulations. Just concentrate on the New Testament. Folks, that is anathema. Your New Testament is built on the foundation of the Old Testament. It is key. It is crucial. And listen, you can drop your finger anywhere in there and you don't have to read long before you can start preaching Jesus. Okay? Don't, 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 don't be concerned about that. The Old Testament is tremendous in its foundations. The New Testament gives us the Gospel. Tells us how all of this comes to fruition and how more of it will still come to fruition. But Peter and Philip started right where he Start where people are. But point them to Jesus. Start where they are. Don't point them to their problems. Don't point them to all of the ramifications. No, point them to Jesus. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for people who are willing to point folks to Jesus. That's the key. That's the key. God's ability with my availability. That's what He works together. Now, Holy Spirit is very single-minded. All right? Holy Spirit is very single-minded. In, in John chapter 15, when he tells so much about the coming of the Holy Spirit, he, he says in verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of Me. And then a little later it says, And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with Me from the beginning. Here is the wedding. Here is the cooperation. God's power our personality, His ability, our availability. Wedded together. It's a partnership. It's a cooperative that we are in. The mark of a man who is filled with the Holy Spirit 
is you can't wait to turn the, the, the conversation around to talking about Jesus. What Jesus has done in my life. How Holy Spirit has prompted me. What God has done in my life. This is evidence of a Spirit-filled man. The evidence of a Spirit-filled church is lifting up Jesus. And our singing and our praying and our preaching is all about Him. we got a one-track mind just the way Holy Spirit does. People need the Lord. They don't, need their, they, they don't need their habits changed. They don't need all kinds of fresh understanding, though understanding is important. They need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And you know what? There's no other organization out there doing that except the church and those parachurch organizations. We're the voice that God has decided, this is, this is my plan A and I have no plan B is to send forth the gospel using my people right here in Blairsville. Right here in Blairsville. I tell you what, when you are persistent with the cause of Christ, when the reason you get up in the morning and the main thing you praise God for at night has to do with Jesus, look, you get yourself in that kind of position. God's going to use you. He's going to wear you out in service. He's going to show you opportunities you knew, never knew you had before. But you've got to be First of all, sensitive to hearing. And then you've got to be persistent. You've got to be, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be determined. I am going to make my main thing in life the same thing that Holy Spirit's main thing is. And that's lifting up Jesus. I'm telling you, that's how God works. God looked down, and He's looking to this Ethiopian. He said, this man is getting close. So He began to bombard him. With all kinds of things that would lead him to faith. Just like he, does with, he did with you. And just like he's doing with people all around you. Bombarding them with the truth of the Scriptures. Maybe even bombarding them with some bad things that might happen. That they might turn their thoughts and their minds over to Christ. Bombarding them with his goodness and grace. And that beauty of the sunset. Or discussion with a dear friend. Whatever it may be. But God is bombarding these friends of ours with the truth. And getting them ready. Getting him ready. He'd been working with this Ethiopian, I don't know how long. Years maybe. But he's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And then Holy Spirit knew, he's ripe. He's ripe. Now he begins to look again. Who can I call on down here? Who can I depend on? Who can I call on to step into where this man is ready to receive somebody who understands the gospel and is sensitive to my voice and knows my passion and put these two together? That's what he did. That's what he wants to do with us tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. He knows who he's working on, where you work. He knows who He's working on in your neighborhood. And He's getting them ready. He's getting them ready. The question is, can He find somebody ready to share their story and share the gospel with them? That's where it comes back to us, folks. Not your pastor and your deacons and your teachers. The population and the membership of this church is who God has called to be missionaries. I learned from a pastor friend of mine here a while back. I, I, I may delete the word member from my vocabulary. I'm not so sure that we need members of our church. He quit referring to members in his church. He refers only to the missionaries in his church. 
that if they join, they join to be a missionary. Because members have a tendency to sit and soak and sour. But missionaries have a tendency to go and speak and share. I'm not so sure that's not a good idea. Here, here God looks down and He says, Philip, yes. Here's a man that's sensitive to my voice. Here's a man that's persistent about the cause of Christ. Let me come down and whisper into his mind, I need you. Not here where you're having a successful revival. I need you in the middle of nowhere. Because I got somebody that's ripe. And Philip went. Philip went. He went because his heart was ready. And there was somebody down there that knew, that he knew needed to hear the gospel. So first of all, I want to ask you, will you be very sensitive to the call of Holy Spirit this week? Will you take seven days that you do nothing more than you listen to what Holy Spirit is telling you? And will you be predisposed from this moment forward to be persistent, consistent, absolutely given to doing whatever God puts on your heart to do? The third thing is this. Respond immediately to the commands of Holy Spirit. Respond immediately to the commands of Holy Spirit. Not only was he sensitive to the call and persistent to the cause, he was immediate to obey the commands of Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about this. Holy Spirit gets him down here, sets him up on a little hill just around the edge of the road, and he's watching all the thoroughfare, people going and coming. You know, it's, it's like, just like watching Atlanta, eight-lane eight traffic, okay? He's watching all of this going on. Finally, Holy Spirit says, you see that gold-plated Cadillac chariot coming right there? That's your man. Now, he's zipping on down the road. His driver's flicking the horses. They're moving on down the road. There's just a split second where if Philip starts running, he'll be able to catch that chariot. But if he, if he waits, if he sits there and contemplates, if he argues with the Lord, the chariot's gone. The opportunity's gone. So immediately, as Holy Spirit leads him, immediately, he said, that one right there, bam, he's off and running. He's going down this way, here comes the chariot. Here he comes, here he comes. Runs right along beside him, there you go. And he's there. God's got a timing for you this next week. He's got a timing for us this next week. And if we're ready, and when the time's right, and Holy Spirit says, go! You and I have not yet imagined what all God can do if His people are ready and prepared, listening to His voice, determined to His cause, and ready to obey immediately in that split Second, it, it, you, I, just, I just hear Holy Spirit saying, okay, here he comes. Here he comes. Get ready now. Now, now, now you, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you everything you need to say when you get there. Just get ready. Here he comes. Ready now. One, two, three. Go! And off he comes running. Can you see him coming down that hill? Can you see the chariot coming kicking up dust? Can you see the two getting together? And the eunuch looks out the window. Here's this dude running along beside him. But he's reading from Isaiah. And Philip, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch says, how can I? I don't have anybody to explain it to me. And then he says, come on, jump up in here 
with me. And he read the passage. Read the powerful, inerrant word of God. And then Philip said, let me tell you who that's talking about. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about the man that's transformed my life. And can transform yours as well. He went away a redeemed soul that day. And I find one other thing that I just have to underscore. This was such a wonderful morning and baptizing Nick was so grand. But listen, when that eunuch asked Jesus to come into his heart and filled him in this wonderful way, the first thing he says is, there's the mud puddle what keeps me from getting wet. That's a question you need to ask yourself, folks. Some of you have been saved for a long time, but you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. How long did this man wait before he was baptized? None. He said, this is something that completes me. This is the wedding ring of the Christian life. And I proudly put it on. This morning, there's some of you here. That maybe you were, you were baptized as an infant. You have no memories of it whatsoever. Some of you may be two, three, four years old, but you had no commitment to Christ. You were following a crowd or your parents you know, just told you to do that. Some of you have prayed to Christ in the quietness of your home, but you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. In the next few moments, in the next few moments, when Tony and Bob are standing right here at our front, if you've not followed Him in believer's baptism, I encourage you in Jesus' name to come and make that big step. Say, I want to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. It made all the difference in the world to this man. He went back home and not just his family, not just his town, but his whole nation was impacted with the gospel. What could happen? What could happen if we said yes? So here's what I ask of you. I ask you to do this. You've already been asking God, make me aware of lost people around about me. Remember that we've been praying about for a long time? Are you with me on that? Okay. And we've been praying about those that we become aware of that don't know the Lord. And we've been learning how to tell our story about how God has blessed us and worked in our lives. And we've been learning how to share the Gospel. Okay, so here with that as, as foundation, here are the three things I'm challenging you. Take this experiment with me this week. Let's see what kind of difference can be made in our lives. If we say, Lord, first of all, I want to be sensitive to Your Holy Spirit. I want to be persistent with your cause and I will be immediate in my response. Will you do that? And see what difference God makes in your life this week. In just a moment, Ed's going to come up here and lead us in a song. And this is not a song just to have something to do. This is a song that we call an invitation. It's God's invitation for you to say yes to what He's been doing in your life. Maybe you already know where He's sending you. Maybe you already know how He's working in your life. And you can say yes to Him. But maybe you don't know. You may want to come to the altar and pray and say, God, I don't know what You're doing in my life, but I, I want to say yes to You. I want You to be absolute Lord of my life. I don't want to have anything that's not Yours to touch and to use. Maybe you're not a member of our fellowship, but you'd like to come and join our church family. Will you feel free to come? But most importantly this, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come and be the boss in your life, if you've never realized that when He died on the cross, it was to take our sins upon Himself. And when He rose, it was so that we can have His eternal life. If you've never asked Him to come be the Lord in your life, 
I invite you to come in the next few moments. Let us pray with you and encourage you as a newborn babe in Christ. It's time to do business with God. Will you pray with me? Father God, as I bow before You, the King of the universe, the absolute power that created and one day will redeem all that have come to You. Lord, I bow my knee before the Almighty God. And I pray in Jesus' name that Your people today will have the spiritual gumption to step out. To step out in faith and say, I will spend this week being sensitive to Holy Spirit's voice. I'll spend this week being absolutely ready to respond. I'll spend this week immediately obeying to see the difference You want to make in my life. Father, will You lead us to that commitment before You? And Lord, if there's anyone here that has never come and prayed and asked You to come into their life, to be the sovereign Lord and Master of their heart, to cleanse away all of their sins and make them a brand new person in Christ. I pray in the next few moments they'll come and let one of us just lead them to pray and ask You to be their sovereign Lord. Father, others may have other concerns to come and pray about. Dear friends and, and family members that are lost, we want to see them come into faith in Christ. Lord, may we use this as, as the, the very pinnacle of our worship service. Not, not as a time to get up and slip out early, but the very pinnacle that everything's been working up to right now. The holiest moments. As we say yes to you, in Christ's name. Amen. you stand with me please? Ed, lead us in this song. May your answer already be yes. I'm going to be praying for you. Come. Come right away.
Spirit, we bless You for what You're doing in our lives and hearts. Lord, You're making us bold. You're making us aware. So incredibly aware of those who don't know You and how they're searching in so many ways. Like Ed said earlier, so many different things to fill that void and loneliness in their lives. And here we are, and we have been the recipient of the treasure of heaven. We've been the recipient of eternal and abundant life. How can we not share? So Father, make us aware of those around us who are lost. Father, may You burden our hearts with their reality. Father, help us to prepare. Help us to be ready. To know how to share our story. To know how to share the Gospel. But this week, Lord, we covenant before You in the name of Jesus Christ to be sensitive to Your voice. To be persistent to Your cause. And to be immediate in our obedience to Your command. And Lord, we want to come together next week with stories. Here's, here's what the Lord did in my life this week. Here, here's, here's what's changed. Here's what's different. Lord, let it be so. May we be that living organism that's constantly seeking after You. And to that end, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.